Welcome to Inside Abode, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dave Charles. I'm back with you. Um, I have a special guest with me today, but before I talk, before I introduce the special guest, I want to remind you to hit that that subscribe button and actually go back and and look at all the other content that we have on this uh, podcast because we have, you know, I think there's something for everybody and hopefully you can find something, especially in this time to listen to and hopefully dive into. But let's get to our guest today. I want to just jump right in and we have Derek Shockman with us today. What's up, man? Not much, man. Just chilling at the house, at the condo, I should say. Yeah, so we have a disclaimer for for uh, everybody with the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, we've got two <laughs> pugs that are kind of acting up, so, you know, you might hear them bark every once in a while. I think they might be hungry, but they eat so sporadically. It's like, our dogs are just not disciplined, man. They're just... <laughs> they don't gotta wanna... They run us. Yeah, yeah. They have you trained. That's pretty much how it works. I know the deal, man. We, we try to... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Carl on IG, he has a, his own. We might as well just start an IG account for him. Yeah. But you know what's crazy is we were talking about the unintended um, need for our, our pets during this time. Because, like, we got Carl at the end of 2019, and he's actually been a relief. Like, he's a ball of fire, yep. and it's been nice through co- through the quarantine to, like, kind of have that energy in the in the house, you know? Yeah, I agree with you, man. I mean, like, we don't even, you know, it's just Leanne and I. So it's like, when she's at work, um, I'm like, dang. So I, they're like my coworkers. At least I have somebody <laughs> to talk to a little bit, you know. But, have you gotten to the point where you're talking to them, like telling them jokes, corny jokes and whatnot? Oh, yeah, man. I talk to them. Yeah, they're, they're always just looking at me like, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> That's heck of funny. Um, all right, man. So today we're going to talk about uh, buyers and, and buying in, the, in this market right now in Pierce County and Tacoma or, you know, just in general. Like, I think that I think that there's a lot of trends that are going in the same direction in all the metropolitan areas. Um, I know every county is not. Man, I, I read a, art, a, um, a stat the other day that 68 percent of counties in the U.S. are rural, which I didn't know. Oh, wow. That was that was yeah. a fascinating stat. Yeah, uh, that was from um, Fannie Mae, I believe. I think it was Fannie Mae, but um, yeah. So just talking about buyers and, and the challenges that are going on right now. So we have some, some things to talk about there. Um, so tell us what you've been up to before we jump into that. What have you been up to and how has this been, how has this been for you, this market and uh, quarantine and all that? Um, yeah, it's been uh, pretty nuts. And actually I'm really buyer heavy. I've been buyer heavy this whole year. So um, what I mean by that is just like um, probably 90% of my contracts have been um, representing buyers. So um, I think it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's, um, not to be like Debbie Downer by any means, but you just gotta be prepared, you know? And I think you need to, um, set expectations because, you know, each house is getting multiple offers. Um, we're going over this price, you know, we can get into that kind of how much over this price in a minute, but yeah, you just gotta be ready to go. And I think you have to have a strategy, um, moving forward and basically what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do, um, in this market. Right. That makes sense. Um, and I think that's a, that's important information for buyers because they, you know, they're, they, they don't have a lot of leverage right now in our market at least. Um, and I would say that across the, the country uh, from what I've seen and has that, so what are some of the conversations that you've been having with buyers around that? Yeah. So not to like paint like a gloom picture for them, you know, I'm, you know, I'm definitely, there's a positive outlook to all this for sure, but you got to tell them like what's going on with the market. So Tacoma, for example, one of the first things I do when I uh, meet with a buyer is um, 
I go over kind of the Tacoma market stats and just kind of, cause it paints the picture of what's really going on. Right. And so, you know, you're looking at like things like median sales price. Yeah. Days on market, but you're also looking at, um, you know, how, how high over asking or excuse me, list price are mm. properties going for. And I think last month it was, you know, 103% compared to yep. list price. So, you know, we're talking on a $400,000 house. When you see that, you know, expect to pay 410 to 415. Um, when you're, right. you know, at a half a million dollar house, you know, look at, um, you know, 515 or higher. So, and that's just kind of where things are escalating too. And you got to be prepared for that. So, you know, especially when you're setting your searches up, you know, if your budget's 400, yeah, you can, you can, you can set it for 425 in hopes that maybe a, a house has a price drop, but really technically what I'm looking at is like a house that's 375. So we can escalate up potentially, or, you know, um, go higher than at our list price to get you into contract. Yeah. That's important, man. And that's, that's what I think is really important. What, what really I think sets people apart. I think the set, you know, in 2020, there's a lot of uh, friction, I guess, if you will, between in, in every industry, there's a lot of friction, uh, not only because of social things that are going on, but also yeah. within the markets and the impacts financially on the housing market and whatever else. And I think that right now the brokers that are, um, you know, obviously you have your processes and there, there's been a lot of um, focus on being prepared when you have buyers and things like that, which you want to be obviously like have your, have your materials and all that stuff. But market knowledge uh, shifts and changes as time goes because of, yep. you know, what's happening in the, in the world. And, um, and I think that what you were just talking about, you're digging into different um, data points and, and really setting your, your, the expectations for your buyers in a good way. Um, and so that they don't come in and get deflated right off the bat. I think that's a good, good thing. You're doing a great job of that. And on your LinkedIn, I'm seeing you post uh, statistical stuff all the yeah. time. Is that just something that you're interested in naturally, or is that something that had, that you had to grow into or? Yeah, I like, I like, I like stats because I think that um, they tell a story and I think they actually help you with your strategies, um, whether that's representing a seller and or a buyer. Um, I think that um, there's trends you can really look out for and you can kind of tell what's really going on when you look at this. I mean, you can hear the news clippings of like, Oh yeah, it's a great, you know, seller's market. It's really tough on buyers, but like why? And so I think right. that's where when you dig into the stats, um, that's where you start. And then you can strategize depending on the buyer, depending on the seller um, and get a good strategy together to, you know, be successful. Right. No, that's, that's big, man. And speaking of stats, I wanted to, um, I wanted to show people real quick, or if you're yep. watching this, um, there's definitely some interesting stats out there. And we were talking about this before and we were looking at, um, the for sale versus the pendings and up current day versus a year ago in our market in Pierce County. And so what I saw was interesting and I'm on trend graphics and people have access to this data, other realtors and brokers. But what I saw was um, the for sale. So under for sale, you have um, 1,108 properties in from, um, you know, July 1st to July 16th. And then from July 1st to July 16th in 2019, you have 2003. So that's a 44% drop in actual properties for sale. But when you look at the pendants, the pendings are, we have 844 up to the date, to uh, July 16th this, this year. 
And last year it was 709. So we're up 19% on pendings, but we're down 45% almost on, on actual homes for sale that don't match up. And when you look at up here, you know, you can see that gap um, with the pendings, the red line being the pending. And when you go back to, uh, you know, six month of last year, you can see at least there's, there's some inventory there to support that. And now we have a really big wide gap in both yeah. pendings and for sale, which is just, I'm sorry, not both sold and um, for sale and the pendings, which is just, that's what people are feeling right now, I think. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was, just yeah, talking about one, stats, I think that was interesting. 100%. Um, and I think when this, everything started with COVID, you know, nobody knew, I mean, you could say we still don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I think this low, extremely low inventory is obviously what's driving um, this crazy market, plus buyers that are still, um, you know, working and still able to get financing with these low interest rates. I mean, it's just this crazy storm, yeah. you know, basically happening. Um, and so that's why I don't see it really changing in the near future. And I think our fall is going to be busier than normal, even though, you know, I think September, October is still going to be pretty crazy because I just mm -hmm. think that these low interest rates and with not that much inventory, it's just, we're going to continue to see this trend of multiple offers yeah. over asking price, um, people waiving contingencies and whatnot. So it's, yeah. Yeah. And the int it's interesting you bring up the interest rates. Well, no pun intended, I guess. I don't know. That was weird. But, um, but tell like, why is it important for a buyer to jump in right now with the interest rates so low? Well, it's because you have more buying power. And what I mean by that is you can afford more house. So mm -hmm. for example, say you were, um, you know, and I don't have the numbers, but I, I, I think it's about every 1% in interest rate, I think is about 10% in buying power in regards mm -hmm. to how much more you can buy. Um, I saw a stat on that yesterday and I don't recall where it was. I think it was somebody else's LinkedIn post actually. But, mm -hmm. but bottom line is um, if your interest rate's four and a half, you know, you might be able to afford a $400,000 house, but if it's three, you're going to be able to afford more than that. Right. So that one I point. That. I don't have the exact numbers, but yeah. so, so, so that's what's going on too, is people know it's a great time to purchase in the sense of you, you could say, well, you, you might be buying high. Yeah. But your interest rate is so low that that payment matters, you know, on right. people's comfortability um, on what they're willing to pay per month on a home. So, right. so yeah, so it definitely helps you be a proof for more. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a, that's a great explanation. Thank you for sharing that because yeah, that, that half point or that one point is yeah. a big deal, especially when you stretch that out over time, yep. the amount of money that you save. Yeah. Um, and not only can you get more house, but you also save money on the back end as far as your, your loan and the, and the life of it. Exactly. Um, so that's, 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 yeah, that's really interesting. So let's move into like your processes of um, like when you have a buyer, and you see something that you like and, and, you know, it, obviously everyone, all the buyers are going to go for all the good stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause there's not enough. We just said there's, we're down 44% um, yeah. of properties that are for sale from last year and in Pierce County. And so when you know, you know, you're going to be up against something, you know, it's yeah. a competitive market for buyers. Um, d what are some strategies that you would feel are, are helpful for buyers to know and yeah. potentially realtors who are listening. What are some strategies that you think would be helpful? For sure. So one of the, one of the biggest things right now that I've been um, kind of advising people is, for example, if you have, you know, 10% saved up for a down payment, right? 
Um, so I, basically this is getting creative with your financing. And so right now, um, you know, sellers, all of the seller cares about is net, not all, but a lot, you know, a big part of what they're looking at is how much are they going to net when they sell their house, right? So right. obviously we know closing costs is kind of one of those costs the seller doesn't really want to pay, especially in this market. So what I've been kind of doing is um, I had this recently with a buyer, you know, they were like pretty set on um, putting down 10%. And I was like, that's great, you know, but they wanted closing costs lumped in because they were looking, you know, because they were spending 10%. So that's a lot, that's a lot down. I said, well, why don't we look at if you're approved and you're okay with the payment, and this goes back to the interest rates being low. I said, I wonder if you put 5% down and then you cover your closing costs. Now, you know what I mean? So, right. so yeah, you, you're not it kind of sucks because the closing costs are just a cost for you, but it, it, at least you get into your home compared to where if you're asking for closing costs, you're probably not going to get that house in my opinion, from what I've seen in this market. So it's just right. getting creative with those things. If you have the cash, figuring out the best way to like kind of use that cash in order to be competitive. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. That definitely makes sense. So, you know, that's how, how, how have your buyers taken that? Like when you're, when you're going in, have you had buyers lose out, on, on properties and what's, what's the most that you've, you know, um, yeah, 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 no, multiple uh, offers for the same person, you know, like you've, they've lost out on three, four or five homes. Yep. I mean, yeah, I think, um, my number one thing when I, and here, here, let me preface this with, I believe in inspections and I don't ever advise to waive an inspection, okay. but I think that's the biggest thing that I see is like, you know, a lot of times I'll ask the agent, so, you know, what was the difference? And they would say a waived inspection. Okay. So, you know, so I have, there's strategies around that as well. And, you know, we can get into that. But, um, and the other one is closing costs. Like I had a um, client that I got into contract earlier this week and we rearranged it again to put less down, but to pay his closing costs. And sure enough, that's the, was the difference. So, um, yeah, so I think that, um, there's ways to be competitive, but if I'm looking at like when a buyer loses out, it's usually because right now, because of a waived inspection um, and, and or closing costs and not netting the seller enough, basically. Yeah. 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 Sometimes cash too, obviously. So interesting. Do yeah. you do, you, and you mentioned the, um, the close or the inspection. What if you're in a situation where your buyer says, Hey, I want a wave inspection. Well, you what know, I think I, like, like I said, and I'm pretty strong on this. I think people in the, you know, know me enough that I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, I wouldn't ever wave an inspection on a personal property. So, um, but I would tell them just to weigh everything. And also I would try to do a little due diligence, you know, look at, for sure, look at the seller disclosure or at least get that prior to hopefully yeah. making an yeah. offer so that you can get some kind of idea as long as, you know, the seller's being honest, which they should be. Um, also if, if, they're allowing pre-inspections get a pre-inspection now that can get costly depending on if you keep missing out on homes you know because you're paying for the inspection doesn't guarantee you're going to get the house right but if you do a pre-inspection you're okay with what you see then you can waive inspection when you um put an offer out and i think that's a pretty safe way to go because at least you did your due diligence and you right. know what you expect right um and then one of my third things is, and this isn't always a perfect storm, but, you know, do the inspection, but have some language in there that basically it's going to be for buyers informational purposes only. We're yeah. not going to ask the seller for any repairs. And, you know, that still gives you the protection of being able to walk away if it just is terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, so there's and, just, that's another option. And this is the one thing that we talked about too. When you receive that, let's say you do that pre-inspection, you receive that, do you send that to the other broker? No, <laughs> no, 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 you don't, but you, you know, want to protect but, them too. 
but if, if, you know, I don't have them in front of me, but if I looked at like all the um, buyer side transactions this year, I would say a couple were definitely one because of the um, informational purposes only language and um, definitely pre-inspections, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't go the old traditional route either of just getting in a contract and doing the inspection and negotiating after that, right. you know, that does happen. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. What do you think about like, um, releasing earnest money or something like that. Let, let's, yeah. let's say I'm a, I'm a buyer and I come to you, Derek, and I'm just like, Hey, I really want this house. Like, I know we're not going to waive inspection. I know, um, we're going to do some other thing, but, um, you know, would you, would you recommend that? Or is that something that you would have in your back pocket as far as like, Hey, we will do, um, non-refundable yeah. earnest money. And at what point in the transaction would you do that would you i mean upfront is like really kind of yeah ballsy in my opinion but yeah, yeah you, i would i would i i wouldn't really do it up front but i would potentially do it after inspection um mm -hmm. after the contingency satisfied basically because then mm -hmm. at that point you still have financing and um you still have title that you would probably be worrying about but if your finances in in order and you you're confident in that you know then i would feel comfortable doing it after inspection yeah, yeah after that once I'm satisfied. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So yeah, no, I think that. The, but, but, but earnest money is a good one because, and I like earnest money because I think that sellers like to see a higher earnest money. So you know, earnest money is typically, um, and there's no set number, but one to two percent is what we see a lot. But you know, right. if you go up to three or four percent, especially if you're going to be using that money down, you know, escrow just holds that money essentially. So um, until you know, until closing, and it goes towards your down payment or your closing costs. And right. so a higher number shows that you're really serious. But on our side, we're protecting you with the inspection, the title contingency, the financing contingency. So really, and um, you are risking a lot because you, you can't like, you know, at the end, you know, and everything's satisfied, you don't want to be backing out because that's going to be in jeopardy. But at the same time, you have all these things in place. So if we use the inspection to back out, you can get your 15 to 20 grand back. You can right. um, use the, if your financing fails to get it back. So right. if I'm doing a larger earnest or not me, but if my buyers are doing a larger earnest money, I would be more hesitant to release it. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. early. Yeah. But if you're doing a high earnest money with all your contingencies in place, I think you're pretty protected. And I just yeah. think that it's one of those th things where it's pretty attractive to a seller to see a large earnest money. But at the same time as a buyer, if you have your ducks in a row and you know what, how you're protected, we're going to be okay. Yeah. I think that protection part is very, yeah. very important as far as like knowing where your, your leverage points are in the, in the, in the process of the transaction. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that that's that's where a skilled broker comes in, you know, or even just a skilled broker that has because not everyone knows everything, obviously. And there's things that come up and you're in the moment and there's things yeah. that come up be like, oh, have you considered? But having um, I think uh, and this is shameless plug for Windermere Boat, having people you can call on um, and the, the, the office that you're in, I think, matters for sure. Um, the leadership matters, the, the person, the resources that you have matter. Um, so I think that that all comes into play for your clients too, and they don't see that or they don't know that. But I think that having a collabor a collaborative group that actually can call on each other and say, "Hey, I'm," you know, but you also <laughs> the sucky part on that too is that everybody's competing. You know, like yeah. also, I mean, it's small. <laughs> there's not not a lot out there, so everybody's competing against each other. So it's like, yeah, but you know, not a bad problem to have uh, no. when you know who's on the other side. 
for sure, for sure. And these are all things that, you know, I'm pretty willing to share. I think, you know, I know our office knows about these things, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, we're also up here, so <laughs> too many uh, brokers from other places aren't listening. So. No, we we want, I mean, I think that's no, the value. I, I think that's valuable for people yeah. to know this stuff. I, I And not just, and that's funny because when we, before we had this conversation, it was like, yo, who, who, who is this for? Like, who's the audience? And the audience is, you know, realtors, buyers, like yeah. it could be anyone, but free game. You know what I mean? Free game is out there for and sure. I hopefully we can give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, overall with this market too, it's just for buyers. It's just, you gotta be prepared, man. You gotta, you know, it's okay to lose out on a house or two. It's just, it's gonna probably happen. And, you know, and that's, that's the thing. And you kind of learn, you know, every buyer too, what I've seen is they progress. They'll say, Oh, I'm willing to do this in the beginning. And then by the third or fourth offer, they might be, willing to <laughs> yep. that, you know, or that perfect house. So, um, yeah, just, you know, hang in there though. I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy, but you know, buying a house isn't easy. So, I right. mean, yeah. So just right. hang in there, you know, have a, just, I don't know. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what we started with was setting expectations. Um, early and i think that that really helps buyers kind of know that you know they're going to be in for a little bit of a ride probably so <laughs> no man i i appreciate you sharing man i think that's yeah. a really those are really good good points to make and i think we're going to end on that note um yeah. so tell tell people where they can find you online and and you know if they want to know more about shockman derek yeah, shockman sure. you can Follow me on Instagram um, at Derek Shockman. That's Derek. That's spelled D E R R I K, not I C K. And then you can also just uh, you can email me Derek at windermere.com. And yeah, I'm on TikTok, but I have I've been slacking on my TikTok game, so I got to get back on that. But my <laughs> videos are coming back. You guys will see. So you'll, you'll I see love I love those TikTok videos, man. Those are comedy to me, man. Man, I know. I, I'm like, dude, yeah, I got to get back on there. I had a lot of fun with those, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, th thank you for joining us. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button. We have co content coming out every week or, you know, sometimes I'm, we're busy. I mean, we're in the really, really the, the peak of, of 2020 so far, but um, thank you for making the time and, and jumping in, man. I know that you're busy and you got a lot oh, yeah. going on. So Yep. Thank you. We out here. <laughs> yeah, we we out here. Uh, <laughs> all right, y'all. Peace. Be safe. Be easy. Wear a mask. And we out. <laughs>